Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Men of Now. I appreciate you guys tuning on. We got a fun episode today. We're going to be talking about recovering nice guys. Now, many of you that might be watching were once nice guys yourself or in, are in the process of overcoming this, this disease. And I want to let you guys know, and this is what we're going to talk about today, that no matter how far down the rabbit hole you are, you can overcome it and you can become the, the guy you've always wanted to be. So as once again, we're, we're, uh, we're greeted with Jaron here. So Jaron, thanks for coming on again today. Hello. I would say he's officially uh, a man of now. So we're excited to be doing a lot more stuff together in the future. And we're going to be touching on a few points today. Um, and we're going to start with our experiences with being nice guys, how we got into it, um, where it came from, et cetera. So Jaron, would you like to kick us off and tell us how are you a nice guy? Yeah, we can do that. Although I'd like to say that I'm still a nice guy, which we'll, we'll get into that, but not in the derogatory sense that a lot of people understand that term to mean. So I started off as, as a young kid, like all of us. Uh, my parents actually split when I was fairly young. So I talk about this on my channel a lot where I was the oldest son to a single mom. So that does a lot of things where you essentially become the surrogate husband. You're trained from a very young age to serve women to put her happiness before you. And for me, I was put in a position where I was essentially the peacekeeper or the diplomat of the family. I was the glue that had to hold everything together because things were very chaotic between my parents. Uh, when they did split, we got full custody with my mom. Eventually, I had to step into that role. So that's all fine and dandy, but you learn very quickly to not put yourself first. And I think that would be one of the, the primary uh, definitions of what constitutes a nice guy. So fast forward to when I was getting into high school, started getting into girls. I was always into girls. I remember having crushes on girls going as far back as kindergarten. But once those hormonal systems start coming online and you start getting that urge to, okay, not only am I into girls, but I want to actively pursue them. Then really all I had was that nice guy ammunition in my arsenal. And I found out very quickly that that didn't work. Again, that doesn't mean that you have to be rude, that you have to be standoffish, that you have to be just not a pleasant person to be around. But what that comes down to is that you have to learn to put yourself first. And for me, it took a long time to get to that point. And it really didn't start until I started going through kind of my transformation journey. And that brings me to today. I'm still a nice guy. I treat everyone nice. Uh, I have a rule in my head where I treat everyone at 100% until they give me reason otherwise. And they can go up, they can, they can treat me with more respect, and then I will view them in a higher degree too. But the nice guy stuff, to get rid of that, it's more so in the sense that if I'm not getting something out of this relationship, then we really don't have a relationship. Uh, that's girls or guys, that's intimate, platonic, professional, whatever vertical of your life you're looking at, but it really comes down to, is this a reciprocal relationship? And I believe that is one of the first steps, at least that I went through to begin to not be such a nice guy or to not give myself so much to someone where I was getting nothing back. And that the way you put that is perfectly, it's, it's nice guys give and give and give. And they don't understand that a, a relationship is reciprocal. So, you know, we're going to touch on that a little later, but I'm glad we're touching on it now. And, and why nice guys actually don't finish last. Um, because <laughs> at the end of the day, like most people don't want to hang out with the dick. And the, the superpower I think nice guys have is they learn how to hone that, that you know, people pleasing aspect 
into a way that actually benefits and is not so selfish. Because being a nice guy is in a sense selfish because it's giving, 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 or, or even sometimes taking, being nice to get something. And then what people don't realize is that, again, it's, it's to get something. So there's manipulation behind it. And that goes pretty deep. So we won't dive too deep into that today. But I appreciate your story and you sharing that about your, your mom and your family. I think that's a very common story amongst people in you know all walks of life, right? Not even just dating, right? Um, coming from, you could say, quote unquote, broken households. So for me, I was adopted. And in a sense, I was, you could say, bought. So this fits the theme of today's uh, Barbie theme, right? I was picked out from a shelf. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm being dramatic here, but it's essentially what happened. They went to Korea, they bought me, and then they brought me back to the US. So to them, I was there their big purchase. I was their new car. I was their fancy object that they could show to their family to say they made it. And because of that, I was like you, Jaren, I always learned how to just put my, my parents' needs first. I never learned that if, you know, if I'm, if I'm hurting or if something's going on within me, that's, that's more important. And I have to resolve that first before being able to be available for somebody else. So after doing that and realizing that 26 years later, uh, it's made a huge difference. And uh, again, we're going to dive into more of that on how both of our lives have improved from stop being quote unquote nice, uh, learning to embrace kindness a little more. Um, so yeah, Jaren, uh, let's go into your, let's say teenage years, right? So as a kid, you were very, um, you were helpful to your mom, let's just say that. What happened when you got into school with other kids? So in school, I never really quite felt like I, I fed in or fit in. And it's weird because when I look back or even when I go back to my hometown, I was just there a week ago and I run into people I grew up with. They always had the attitude of, hey, you were, you were really fun and you're really cool. and We really liked you. But for whatever reason in my head, I felt like I never fit in. Looking back, I pretty much did. I just didn't know how to insert myself into social circles and and show my value to other people. And Again, it's, it comes down to that nice guy syndrome to where people liked me, but I was always very helpful to people. Um, I was very, I don't want to say gifted academically, but I was very, I had very strong academic prowess. I didn't really try that hard. I never had to study and I was always at or near the top of my class really without much effort at all. So that was my value add to where I would help people out with their homework. Say I wanted to hang out with my friends or there was a guy on the baseball team who couldn't make grades. I'd go out of my way to help them because it was so easy for me. I always needed something kind of more to do academically. So I'd help other people out. And then I realized that I was always the guy in the class that everyone would copy off of. When it came to girls, always the attractive girls, I would just do their homework for them. And this comes down to, we haven't presented it yet, but it comes from that No More Mr. Nice Guy book by uh, Dr. Robert Glover covert yeah. contracts where you don't realize you're doing it at the time, but you think in your head or maybe even at a subconscious level that, okay, if I give, 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 then at some point I'm going to get back. The problem is you never directly communicate those expectations. And one of my favorite sayings I have when I had a roommate in college who uh, noticed that I was kind of a nice guy, he used to always say, Jaron, closed mouths don't get fed. You have to verbally and concretely 
put out your expectations if you want anything in life in general. And again, that goes outside of the dating thing. So uh, I believe in my teenage years, I did engage in a lot of those covert contracts. I was the guy who would be allowed or would allow myself to be put in the friend zone. Just the expectation that, okay, well, she'll date all these losers or she'll date all these guys that aren't good for her. Then at one point, maybe she'll get so fed up with it, she'll realize that, hey, I've been here all along and I'm the prize and I'm the best option. And we all know that that does not work. That ends up disastrously. In fact, I I use my cell phone as, as my webcam, but I was looking to an American girl I've been seeing the last couple of days. She's coming through town. She sent me some text messages last night of one of her guy friends that all of a sudden sprung a trip on her here and he said hey i have an airbnb for both of us and she was telling me yeah, it only has one bed and it's really weird this guy's just a really good friend of mine he's been a friend of mine for seven years and i don't know where this is coming from and so a couple nights ago she and i were kind of breaking it down which is <laughs> oh, no. apple pro to, the, to this topic and then yeah. last night she was sending me stuff where the, the guy started insulting me saying oh you're still at that douche's house and for me, I, st- I was laughing so hard because that's stuff that I used to do. I used to do that with chicks. I'd pine after them, never communicate my expectations, never make a, take a shot. So guys, if you're, if you're engaging girls in a new situation, a situationship, that's why we say you have to escalate. You have to do the things like Kino. You have to very clearly communicate that I want this to be something more than platonic. If you wait seven or eight years and then you make your shot, it's going to freak the girl out. And in this yeah. case... Uh, and I, and I've been victim of, I've been victim of this too. I I've fallen into this where, Oh, Oh, you're dating this guy. Oh, he's a loser. Uh, that's, that comes off as insecurity. And what happens is not mm-hmm. only does it push the girl away, it repulses her, but she will literally sit around and make fun of you with the guy she's banging, which is what we did last night. It was actually quite funny, but I do feel for the guy because I have been in that situation before I've, I, I've identified those behavior patterns within myself and I've sought to correct those over the last God, seven, eight years now that I've been on my own personal journey. And every now and then there's still maybe nice guy behaviors that I put out there unknowingly, but you have to be really cognizant of that and realize, hey, if you're criticizing the guy that she just met and she's hooking up with and if she's telling you about it in the first place, bro, you are in the friend zone, mm-hmm. period. So, so that's how it pertains to dating. That started developing during my teenage years where I do the homework for the hot girls and then uh, in my relationships in my early twenties, same thing. I just give, 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 and then think, okay, well, if I can, if I can fix this girl, if I can make her world a better place, then she'll give me exactly what I want. But the problem was I didn't know what I wanted, nor did I know how to communicate that. And uh, going back to this example last night of the, uh, the American girl who's in town that really although it was quite funny, it reminds me of who I used to be at one point. And a lot of guys fall into that trap. So you have to be careful with those things. Yeah, I'm having some PTSD going on right now too, man. <laughs> like, uh, you're not alone. And uh, I think what you said is the most important part is that you got to be communicative in in what you want. And that's why when you follow dating advice, they say when you like a girl, you 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 show intent almost immediately, as fast as possible. Uh, going out and approaching women, hey, I thought you looked nice, etc. Because then you're never going to get in that. Because literally, some guys will do that. I was one of them. Go up start a conversation, be very friendly. And then a year and a half later, oh, by the way, I liked you. She's like, what the fuck? So in college, I had this situation. It was a girl that I let get away when we were in high school and we ended up going to the same college. She was a year younger. So I was a sophomore. She was going to be a freshman. 
And so I played a uh, big sophomore on campus. And I'm like, yo, you should come hang out at our place. We got like, you know, we'll be drinking and partying all the time. And basically I smoked her up for a whole semester. Like we went on like our fraternity uh, formal together and uh, to everyone else was like, dude, like you're so in bro. And I was like, yeah, bro. Like I know. Uh, but I never said, yo, I still like you. Or like, I want something more. I never escalated. And then finally at the end of the semester, uh, I told her, I was like, hey, by the way, I have feelings for you. And she goes, you're you're like a brother to me. <laughs> it was like that knife in the heart was, uh, it, it hurt. And it made me realize like, wow, everything I did up to this was uh, incorrect. And then my roommate ended up hooking up with her. So it was just like, and I couldn't be mad because I fucked it up um, by not being communicative with what I wanted. Uh, and that doesn't have to be just saying like, guys, we're not saying go out and say, yo, I want to sleep with you. Like you have to, you, you have to learn game essentially. So. And, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Jen. I, I was going, I was going to interject real quick and mention there, there's kind of, there's two things that play. And the first one is authenticity. So you need to have a firm footing internally of who you are, how you show up in the world, where you're from, where you're going, what you want out of life. And then what you do, and again, this goes back to male or female, but in this context, it specifically refers to dating, is that you put specific girls in specific boxes based on how they're willing to show up. And you do have to verbalize these things, or at least you have to put these things in place so girls know, okay, th they don't place you in that friend category, in that nice guy category, in that pushover category. That's the, that's the first thing is just being authentic as far as, okay, I am a man. I want a woman. I want this specific woman. I'm going to throw, I'm going to make my shot. And if it doesn't work, that's fantastic, but I'm not going to accept less than what I want. And that should be applied to any aspect in life. Uh, when we were in Europe a few weeks ago, I, used to, I, was, I was with my brother and he has pretty good game too, but we'd be walking through a train station. He'd ask me, Oh, I think that girl's looking at me. And I was like, dude, go, go talk to her. It's like, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe she's going to a different place. He was trying to talk himself out of the open. And I, I always tell him, like, bro, always take your shot. Always yeah. take the shot. And it, the worst thing she'll do is just say no or ignore you. And guess what? That We're guys. We're used to that. We're, the, <laughs> we're used to getting rejected. That is That kind yeah. of comes with part of the territory of being a man. You get told no a lot more than you get told yes. But guess what? Once you get that yes that you really wanted, the no's really don't matter. And mm -hmm. the second thing that it comes down to is, Continuity. So, Joel, you mentioned that uh, you need to make it clear from a communicative standpoint exactly what it is you want. And guys that have followed my channel for a while, when I do the online dating type things, I put my offer in the profile of Tinder. Fun fit guy looking for a cool chick for 420 snacks and snuggles. That, that changes sometimes based on where I'm at, what market I'm in. But when I match someone and I open them, they know exactly where this is going. And then I do the straight line conversation technique where there's any sort of, I, I do do things like I try to, I try to gauge her interests. I try to figure out logistically when she's free, but any deviation from that conversation goes back to that straight line in terms of this is what we're doing. Our first interaction, the 420 snacks and snuggles. And really half the time, the girls don't even want to smoke. They, but that puts them in that box of, okay, I'm chill. I'm, for me, the big thing is that I don't want party girls or girls that drink or that are really annoying because that's just not who I am. That goes back to being uh, having continuity with who you are and that authenticity yeah. aspect. And then the other one is I want to gauge how interested she's, she is. So if she's interested in just getting in an Uber and coming right over. That's fantastic. That shows a high level of attraction. And then I found in my overall dating journey or uh, conversion process that I get a lot more 
more better. I get better. I get better treatment over the long term if I establish what it is I am looking for and the exact type of girl I am looking to do that with from the very get go. And that and, and that's good for them, too, because it allows them to filter themselves out if they're not interested in what I have to offer and who I am. Obviously, there's a lot more to me than that, but that's the first interaction. So I do that as a filtering technique. So I don't go back and forth texting, being being pen pals online and and trying to consistently set a meetup and it just never happens because that's just a glorious waste of time. And that's not in alignment with who I am personally. So those two mm -hmm. things I think you need to keep in mind uh, in terms of you need to have continuity with yeah. Or you need to have authenticity. So know who you are, where you're going, what you want, and then continuity. You need to have that shine through across all of your interactions. So there's no confusion there. And I think that would help that helps quite a bit in eliminating these nice guy type scenarios. Absolutely, man. And you know, it's a, it's a journey for every guy to figure out what it is within that makes them tick. For me, if, if some of you know, I have a YouTube channel, Sobriety University, where I talk about addiction and quitting, getting sober. So that's, that's been my journey. So I find that nightclubs and trying to do night game doesn't work best for me. Uh, and I've had this where I've gone out, like even last night, I was dancing with girls, but like just something within me was just like, ah, like this doesn't feel right. And, and I listened to that. And so I went home instead of continue to chase women for three hours. For me, day game is the best because I can just be in my natural environment, go out, be going to the grocery store, talk to girls like that, and then develop potentially a relationship, like a longer term thing. Uh, I'm just somebody that likes kind of uh, that more intimate, deep connection. I'm not great at like the, the, the pump and dump stuff. And that's just me. Um, and sometimes I wish I was like some other guys that can do that. Uh, but at this point, I've had to accept it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a journey. And I know, though, that when I do meet girls, I'm being authentic. And then I'm not going to come across as the nice guy. And if I do a little bit, like Jaron says, of course, I have that tendency still within. They pick it up and they're like, nah, because girls are really good at sensing that. They have a good nice guy radar. So <laughs> I always say that was that was instrumental in me at leveling up my game is once I realized that one, learn how to feel my emotions, learn how to express them properly. Your emotions actually flow through you. So don't repress them. Don't put them down in your stomach. Allow them to flow through you. Uh, for guys, there's different avenues you can do for that. For my more aggressive emotions, gym is fantastic for that. Just work out daily. It doesn't matter what you do. Get that aggression out. And then for any of those melancholic, sad, kind of negative sappy type emotions music I, I let that out through music and i'll literally do it in front of my girls and they're like wow there's a lot of emotion there because usually i'm pretty stoic in my day-to-day -day life i'm usually even killed and chill so when i show them that side of me they're like, and, it, and that's when i realize when i when i serenade girls and they, they love the serenades down here in mexico uh, the girls can actually feel my emotion and it's very, very powerful for, for them. So if you're walking around and you think in your head, okay, I've got, I've got my day game scripts. I'm going to open this. I'm going to escalate here. Here's what I'm going to do. And you're following a format, but at your core, you feel like you're off. You're just kind of off kilter. Then she will yeah. feel that emotion. And you'll wonder, you'll wonder why this happened to me a couple of days in Europe where I just wasn't quite feeling it, but I'd go and approach girls and they'd look at me like, what? <laughs> it goes back to that continuity comment where, okay, on the surface, I'm presenting myself this person, but she can feel that I'm just slightly off in the moment. And it's very off-putting uh, for them. So you need to, another thing you need to keep in mind. It is. Yeah. I just had that realization about two, a week and a half ago where I finally accept, like, I'm like, I'm just going to approach nines and tens for me, my, my nines and tens. And what happened 
is I was going up to like girls I didn't think were that attractive because I thought covertly that because I didn't think they were that good looking, they would be more willing to sleep with me. And of course, they'd be like, whoa, like they had that same energy that you were just sharing about, Jaron, where they could sense that something wasn't right. And as soon as I committed, I'm like, yo, I'm just going to approach the girls I find absolutely beautiful. Like four in a row just gave me their number. They responded when I texted them, set updates. And it was just like, because I was finally in alignment and being honest with myself that I want to date girls that I think are super attractive. So it's crazy. It's just, uh, and of course it worked out the best for me because now I'm being more true to myself and they could sense that too. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great message for this section here is just to be hundred percent authentic and learn to be hundred percent authentic if you haven't yet. And it's going to translate. So before we dive into the next section, we got a bunch of comments that rolled in. So let's go through those. Good. Uh, I was going to say, Nick, clear those out. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Nick? Thanks for, for hopping on, brother. Uh, salute. And we got uh, Suedo Science uh, going up as a blue pill white knight. So embarrassing when you finally figure out how it works. Oh, yeah, man. That's how I found Jaron was through Rich Cooper's channel. And I was having some moments where I'm just like, oh, those cringe moments. So I'm with and, you, man. And that's fine if you start there, too. I was thinking the other day. Uh, yeah. this is I haven't put this thought out before, so it might sound ridiculous, but alphas aren't born they're crafted you don't you don't have like a chuck norris baby just boom burst out of the womb and come onto the scene and he's he's fighting off ninjas or whatever that that that, that from a young age you have to craft yourself into that person so if you do it's like it joel's the addiction specialist it's like any addiction once you realize you have a problem then you can begin to solve the problem so if you realize hey i'm kind of blue pillish i'm kind of being a white knight here i'm being captain save a 304 so you don't want to do those things. But if you identify that in yourself, that's a good starting point because you can begin to fix that. And don't be ashamed of that. I, I was like that too growing up. And it was, you, you learn some painful lessons really quick and then you start to overcome those things. Mm, I love that. Don't be ashamed because that's the, the, the most painful part is that shame that comes up, knowing that oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but I still am. So fantastic message. Don't be ashamed. Uh, we got our homie. What's with Barbie? <laughs> so yeah, why clickbait? Why <laughs> clickbait. The Barbie movie just came out. I'm in Warsaw, and they have these pink, these pink convertibles just lined up on the street, and there's just hundreds of girls just taking pictures uh, for their eyes. They're all dressed in pink too, right? Here, all, all the pink. girls are dressed. Yeah, in pink. yeah. It doesn't matter what age they are. Like senoras are dressed in pink. Some, oh. I've mentioned this before. Some of the senoras down here are pretty hot, so mm. I don't mind. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, that's funny okay um let's see we got our homie uh contrarian let me expatriate expatriate cool thanks for coming on man i have feelings for you that's very feminine uh i suggest hugging her giving her a back massage seeing kisses that's masculine yeah i was saying like don't say i have feelings for you um like yeah don't (laughs) don't say that by the way, I really have feeling what, yeah, what I did was very feminine, incredibly feminine. It was so blue pill beta, however you want to put it. It was, uh, or I would say gamma because beta is actually not the beta term. Isn't actually correct. Beta is just like a support to an alpha, but it's like gamma or like Omega. That's like the one that I think people talk about in the space. So, um, anyway, we can, we can have a talk about that someday, but yes, very Omega for sure. I'm going to add an aside on that. So uh, the I have feelings for you. Yeah, it depends on how you say it. So if like, hey, I really like you and I really have feelings for you and I can see us going somewhere. 
don't do that. That's usually something she should bring up, especially if you're in the initial dating stages. It usually takes a few months for her to get to that point. Um, at first, her feelings for you are really unclear. You want to keep her in that area. And then once that, once that mystique, that suspicion, that kind of uh, what are we type sentiment grows within her, then ultimately that'll bubble over and she'll, she'll bring that up. But uh, I, the only time I do say stuff like that is I notice I got to a point in my game where girls will be really, really attracted to me and they get nervous around me. Or uh, Joel, we mentioned recently, I had a, I had a girl kind of kick off that we, we were going, we, we had really good chemistry. And for me, it kind of mentally messed me up. Cause I'm like, ev- we did, ev- I did everything right. I executed this game flawlessly. What the hell happened? And you realize that girls that even if she, even if she views you as her alpha, they will still leave those guys. And that's because in this particular mm. case, the girl I was talking about this summer, um, she was really insecure. And she made that very clear to me from the get-go. We'd go out in public. She wouldn't get a lot of attention. Female waitresses, bar staff. And I'm, I'm usually pretty flirty with girls in general. Even if, even if I'm not attracted to them, that's just something I do. Just always make women feel feel-good emotions in real time. Doesn't matter who she is. And then that just naturally becomes you. But she would get really, really insecure about that. So with girls like that, and this thought went to my head um, – when she when she when she flaked off a few months ago in terms of okay well did i screw up in confessing my emotions but usually with girls that indicate they're really super insecure they don't know they can hold on to you or even this american girl i've been hanging out the last couple days she's been she's told me multiple times she's like i don't know why i'm really nervous around you and i normally don't date guys like you but i really like you and uh uh she and that and that's good her feelings are kind of all over the place inside of her so it means you're you're on the forefront of her mind or you uh you occupy real estate in her thought space but uh, with those kinds of girls, I usually let them know like, Hey, you're, you're okay. I, I like you. You're doing a good job. I like where we're at. I like where we're going. So that's more of the comfort building side, the reassurance side. So you can get away with saying that, but you have to make sure that if it's the reassurance she needs, if, if mm-hmm. she's kind of whatever about you and you, and you sit down like, Hey, I just want to let you know that I really, really, really like you, then you're, you shouldn't be surprised when she starts responding to text slower, when she starts flaking on dates. And then when she, when she gradually creates more and more distance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's all about calibration. So thank you for clarifying that. Uh, I think we got a couple more here and then we'll, we'll move on um, back to our homie Suedo. Uh, you can tell if she thinks you are eight or better. Uh, and if she does not, then she will just give it till Chad comes along. Yeah, you know, this is something I've been learning on the journey. Like you can tell when a girl has that burning desire from you for you. And when it hits, when it strikes, you'll know. And it's just like you can never unsee it. So now I'm pretty for me, I know when a girl is kind of like, you know, like maybe like Jaron was talking about how you put a green check mark if they're great, a yellow little sign if they're like and I can sense like I might be getting the yellow <laughs> in her phone. Mm-hmm. And then then it's just like, all right, I'm gonna back off and and go find someone that has that burning desire because it's so much better than having to work for attention and all that stuff. It's just exhausting. So, and that yeah. can always change too. The the girl with the yellow uh, caution sign in the phone, um, she can. Those are the girls I always say, "Let me know when you're free in the moment, and if I'm free too, we can hang out." So that so that still means that you're maybe she saw you maybe not as her best at some point. But girls change all the damn time, and guess what? As guys, we That's change true. too. We, we've talked about. I've talked about multiple times on my channel about the alpha or the retro alpha widowing where, okay, maybe a girl I dated 10 years ago, she didn't think I was S and then she, she, she flaked off to another guy. And then a decade later, she follows me on socials and she's like, wow, he's really done something with himself or 
oh, I don't even mm -hmm. recognize this guy. At the time, a decade ago, she didn't, you know, she didn't think I was worth too much. And then now we hang out, we hook up, and then uh, I just let her go on her merry little way, and she can't stop thinking about me. She doesn't even she doesn't even remember the previous engagements we had ten years ago. And this goes to relationships in general, guys. That you know that you you can't bank on relationship equity. It's that last moment in time that she has a memory of you. To what mm. it's what really counts. You could have been wow. the best guy yeah. in the world, giving her a house, giving her her dream life, and then you, you screw up month over month to where she gradually pulls away, and then you meet her distance with more distance. You start putting yourself together, you increase your value, and then all of a sudden she sees you in a new light. Well, emotionally she doesn't really care about that that little lapse in time where maybe you're you're off your game a bit. It's really just about mm -hmm. how they feel in the moment, and then. And that stems from the last communication or this is a sales term touch point that, that she had with you. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah. That, I, that's great to know that if you are being a nice guy, you can recover from that within the same relationship. So yeah, super powerful, especially if you know, you messed up and you're just like, dude, I, it's over. I fucked up. <laughs> that's kind of my mindset sometimes. So it's good. Yeah. You can hop back on your mask and frame, uh, regain yep. her, her support you, and stuff you and may that. never see her again but she may come through you'll, you'll be surprised especially when you do volume at this that's why I, I keep the girls still stored in the phone because i will get random text messages and who the hell is this and you look at the conversation thread it's a girl you hung out with two years ago and then she left you on red you maybe tried to reach out again to set a date again okay two two attempts at setting a date she she ignored you well she she's buried she's buried way down in the archive of my phone and then all of a sudden she hits you up I had a girl hit me up yesterday. Hey, were you walking down such and such street? Like, yeah, I was coming home from the gym. What's up? She's like, oh, I think I saw you. She's like, are you free? Are you free to hang out this week? She's like, you looked really good. Okay, cool. I haven't talked to that girl in God knows how long. But that that stuff does happen. So that's why I, I do like categorizing them in the phone. So they come up and you're like, oh, oh yeah, this girl and I were pretty cool. She just didn't want to hang out again. And then obviously don't come into it like, yeah, here's my chance. I'm going to make her my girlfriend. Just kind of. Hey, see what happens. She might sure. show up as a different person. People change. You, you, you do too. So that, that's that's kind of why um, it comes down to I don't like burning bridges either. I, I think mm -hmm. that interjects bad uh, juju or bad mojo into the game and that will uh, come back to bite you in the ass. So in the oh, term okay. or the sense of being a nice guy, that doesn't mean, okay, I'm being a nice guy. I need to be an asshole, arrogant, douchebag dick and just completely – uh disregard or abuse or be or be just not a good person to these chicks it's you can still be nice to them but don't fall into the habit of giving them everything they want with you getting nothing in return uh, really when you turn yeah. that lens around you look at yourself that okay i am a pro i am the prize assume attraction assume you already have the girl and then put that energy out there and if she reciprocates fantastic she can come further into your fold and if she doesn't meet her distance with more distance Mm -hmm. I think you can uh, incorporate that to relationships with guys too in business. Don't want to be, um, you know, you don't want to be the guy that's just always giving and giving in business relationships as well. You want to make sure that you're getting something out of it too. And that takes vetting and learning how to, how to pick people to, to work with that are going to fill your sails instead of, you know, fill the boat with water. So uh, I think we'll move on from this section here. There's a few things we wanted to touch on uh, for the rest of the stream. And that is going to be how can men stop being nice guys? So practical tips. We've been kind of interjecting things here and there. But there's a few important points I wanted to touch on. The first being understanding kindness. So genuine kindness versus nice. And we touched on this a little bit in the stream earlier. 
uh, where nice is more, there's manipulation, there's wanting to get something out of it, where kindness is, is genuine, it's authentic, it's doing something for someone because you actually want to. So Jaren, any thoughts on that and how you differentiate the two? Yeah, that's a good point to make. So if you're if you're being kind from a disingenuine standpoint, then that's going to go back to you not being authentic and you not having continuity in that area of your life. And people notice that. Um, you see all the time with social media influencers or public personalities or folks like, hey, I helped this old lady across the street or, oh, I donated this charity. Everyone look at me, look at me, look at me. It's like, okay, you didn't really do it for you. You probably did it for a tax write-off. And now you're trying to get clout, <laughs> cl you're trying to gain clout off of it. So yeah, it was a kind act. It was a kind gesture, but really did you do it out of the goodness of your heart? Uh, people wow. that know me personally, I do, I do very kind thing for people that I can't get anything in return from. Uh, I'm not going to put it out there publicly because again, that goes against like hey hey look at me look at this good deed i did but um but i do that all the time people that really can't serve me in any way and i don't necessarily go out of my way to do it but if i'm if i'm in my day-to-day -day life and i see an opportunity that takes no extra time off my hands to hey i can do a good deed for this person or i could do something here that could help this person out or an opportunity comes up that it's not necessarily for me, but I know the perfect guy or girl for that. Then I'll go ahead and facilitate that introduction. Um, so I'd say that's just being genuinely kind. For me, I don't even really – I have this thought in my head sometimes, like when I donate to charity, like is it truly altruistic or is it because it makes me feel good? And you know, there is like the tax write-off purpose. Same thing if someone hits me up, hey, man, I'm trying to get a business off the ground. I'm looking for someone who could do this. Would you be willing to get on board? And yeah, you know, it's not really my wheelhouse or it's not really something I'm interested in this time. But I just talked to a guy the other day and I think you and he might might do really well at this. I'll, I can facilitate a warm introduction if you'd like me to do that. Um, it's not necessarily al altruistic, although it uh, comes off as being altruistic. It's more so that, OK, if it, I'm an energy guy, so if I can put good energy out there, if I can help people out without me getting nothing in return, then at some point that will come back to me. And I have seen that to be true in my life. And again, that that may be conflicting with the point I made earlier in the in the stream where, OK, uh, you don't want to just give, give, give without any expectation of getting. But sometimes in those types of situations, I don't mind giving because I know it will come back around, especially in my professional network. I love that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard because like, there is no perfect answer. It's not black or white. Uh, giving does feel good. So. Uh, sometimes I have that question too. I'm like, I, I really like doing this. Is this like more like a selfish thing? And it's like, I think that goes back to your original point, Jaron, where it's like, uh, giving out of kindness and not being nice is doing it like it's reciprocal. So when you give a good way to tell if you're giving out of niceness is when you start to get angry, like, fuck, I got to go help. Betty yeah. move. It's like, fuck, I'd rather not be doing yeah, this. I got to do Katie's homework again. God, why, why can't she get this? Yeah. <laughs> what a slut. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very cool guys. Comment down below. If you, if you can understand that or have any other uh, introductions on that, because uh, it's something that's helped me a lot throughout this journey. So second point is going to be embracing the part that wants to connect with others. Because I think there's this part where, it's like, yo, I, I shouldn't uh, want to, you know, I'm a man. I shouldn't want to connect and feel happiness around other people. Like I'm, I'm on my stoic journey, right? And when I finally accepted like, yo, I just want to have fun with people and like enjoy my time. Like I stopped feeling just like kind of, you know, pathetic for wanting to reach out to people, et cetera. 
So any thoughts on that one, Jaron? That one's a little. Yeah. Uh, life has a lot more color to it when you're surrounded with others, I, I think. And I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. I spend a lot of time by myself. So if you do find yourself in that category, I learned a few years ago, actually, I was living in Texas and one of my, one of my weightlifting buddies, I had a lot of negative self-talk and I didn't realize I'd do it and I'd verbalize it. And people around me would be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? So let's say I, I fa- I'm going for a new PR and I fail. Oh, damn it, Jaron. Oh, you're never going to get it right. And I'd say these things out loud. And then eventually one of my one of my weightlifting buddies, he asked me, he's like, dude, he's like, why do you talk that way? I was like, well, what are you talking about? And he said, listen to the way you talk about yourself to yourself. If you talk to me that way, I would never hang out with you again. You don't talk to me that way. You don't talk to any of the other guys in the group that way, but you talk to yourself that way. So from that moment, that was kind of a light bulb. I didn't even realize I was doing it. So I had to work on, I say, making myself my own best friend. So a lot of people think I'm crazy when I'm, when I'm brainstorming, especially I'll be pacing around the house and I'll be talking out loud and having conversations with myself. But I, I think that's a healthy thing because even if I get in really dire or dangerous type situations, I know I can trust upon myself and I have a good relationship with myself. Now, once you get that down, then you want to share it with other people. It's like, okay, Jaron, I, you know, me, myself, and I, we're all, we're all good friends. We love each other, but kind of want to share that with someone else. And maybe for if that's the context of a relationship or, or just dating short-term fling type things, or when it comes to your, your, uh, your, your friend group, your social group, that you want to have some solid guys in your corner too, because then you can amplify that energy. So I'd say mm-hmm. that's a, a good starting point for more of the uh, introverted type guys. Or maybe, I know I fell into this camp too, where I got really good at the dating side of things and then realized after a while that you get to a point where you realize, okay, a lot of these girls are the same. You kind of run them through the same sequences. If I say this, this is the, this is the outcome. If she says this, here's what I say here. And it gets kind of boring after a while. And you mm. get to the point where uh, there's a meetup we went to a couple of years ago in Miami and you get some of the newer guys and they're like, Oh, Jaron, yeah, let's go game. Let's go game. And I tell them, bro, I'm, I'm here to game dudes. I want to meet, I want to meet <laughs> real estate investors and uh, f- fintech bros and, guys that can help push me forward in my professional life, the, the girl thing, I've, I've got kind of down. And yeah, it's fun for the moment, but usually there's not a lot more value they can add in other buckets of your life outside of that relationship type bucket. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, yeah. In terms of connecting with guys too, like make sure you can add value to, to that too. And sometimes everyone's just going to be on different parts of the journey. So I think that's an important aspect to remember. Um, so yeah, cool. So the, the next part here is acceptance that it's part of, it's part of you being a nice guy. You have this struggle going on and then work on forgiving yourself because I know a lot of my suffering has come from thinking I shouldn't be where I'm at. I should be further along or dang, like all my, like I'm talking to Jaron here and he's not a nice guy anymore. Why am I being a nice guy? Fuck. And just like you said, that was so powerful about the way you talk to yourself if you were to talk to your friend like that, they might punch you. They literally might punch you in the face. <laughs> You're like, fuck this guy. So making sure you can start to develop that healthy relationship within is going to be super helpful. So I think, you know, let's say you are somebody that is pushing themselves to go out, but you're just not really enjoying it. And you realize you need some internal work, right? Take some time off, uh, do some inner work, start meditation, journaling. Maybe are there some addictions you're dealing with? Uh, try to get free of those, which again, you can come over to my channel for that. 
and really just work on yourself because once you are your best friend, you're right. It just, people start to, to see you differently and treat you differently because uh, they like you because you like you. So, um, Jaren, has there been any, any instances in your life where you've had to work on forgiving yourself uh, for things you were doing, behaviors you were doing? Yeah, I mentioned this the other day. There's 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 certain things I've done to people in the past where I didn't even realize why I did it in the moment. Um, for example, when I was younger, I'm the oldest sibling. So my one of my younger brothers uh, in elementary school, we'd have to walk home and we lived out in the country. So it was a pretty long walk. And I remember, well, here's nice guy stuff. My next door neighbor, I had a crush on her when I was in fifth grade and we'd be walking home and I would make my brother who was two years younger than me in grade school walk a hundred feet behind me. And I remember he would, he really hated it. And at one point we were kind of making fun of him and he was, and he was just crying. And I don't know why I did that. I probably looking back, did it to try to impress the girl, which guess what? Even if, even if we're 10 years old, that does not impress women. Uh, when you, when you belittle other people, or you put them down, especially if it's your own blood. So even telling the story now, I feel terrible for having done that, but I was 10 years old. I don't even know why I did it. it, it, it I mean, I was there, but in that situation, that's, that, that's unfathomable. I just spent a month backpacking the Mediterranean with that same brother. I would never do that to him. We watched shoulder by shoulder, like we were the shit and we, like we own the place. That's our relationship now. But looking back um, for things like that, yeah, you do have to forgive yourself and realize that, okay, well, I was going through a tough time. My parents were going through a divorce. I had a lot of pressure mm -hmm. put on me to be kind of the leader of the family while they were fighting with each other. They were never home. We were latchkey kids. So uh, so I need to forgive myself for doing that and for having done that to to my brother. And then also a big part of my self-improvement journey was uh, I talk about this with the weight loss topics where my identity used to be an obese person because I was obese growing up. And then I lost all the weight. And that's that identity still carried with me for a while. And I'd always say things like, OK, Jaron, kill the fat kid, kill the inner fat kid, got to get rid of the inner fat kid. And then I still kind of struggled mentally. I had a lot of anxiety about my weight and my physique and my physical appearance. And then things got really, really easy for me. There was a phase where I looked almost like, like a fitness model and I did some fitness photo shoots where I didn't change anything. I already knew how to diet. I already knew how to train. I knew from a technical and tactical standpoint what to do, but I changed the self-talk from, okay, do everything you can to, fill the, to kill the fat kid to, okay, now it's time to feed the fat kid. So I do uh, intermittent fasting. Yeah. So at the end of the night, everything's, all, everything's dialed in. I always hit my macros. Uh, I do the uh, most healthiest available food option at any given time for, for like my, my refeeding windows, which is usually just one meal a day for me. But I mentally change that self-talk to, okay, you have to shed this identity. You have to get rid of this uh, former fat kid identity and realize that you are the former fat kid, that you still have the inner fat kid and you have to feed the inner fat kid. So yes, there's a degree of forgiveness, but I also believe there's a degree of incorporation. And you'll hear me use terms the way I view other people as kind of the same model I use for myself internally. You'll hear me say that that person's fully integrated, that there's different mm -hmm. sides of them they have online. Um, this oh, girl I was with last that. night noticed that too. She said, when you play guitar versus when you're in public versus when you're talking to me versus when you're on the phone talking business versus when you're by yourself or you're, you're alone in your own headspace and I just happen to be along for the ride. She said, you are a completely different person. She's like, do you have multiple personalities? And I said, no, I have a personality, but there's, a there's multiple dynamics to your personality. You can mm -hmm. step into different roles. When I play guitar in my room, I did that when I was 15 years old. That was my escape. I still use that as an escape, but now I'm starting to put myself out there more. But I, I've incorporated that 15-year-old version of myself. With the fitness thing, that was me in high school looking at the, some of the, the, the jacked guys or the cool guys. Like, wow, what would it be like to be that guy? Well, 
I'm 36 now and I am that guy. I'm that guy. I'm going to a pool party here soon. When I take my shirt off and walk through there, every single person in that place will be like, whoa, oh my God. So you have to integrate that side of yourself that I wasn't that guy before. I am that guy now. Here's, that, here's how I came to that place and that specific aspect of my life. But yeah, for, for again, another one, I was always pissed at my parents for the fact that I was fat. My dad is a bodybuilder. My mom was a fitness model. They know how to diet and they know how to train. There is zero excuse for having fat kids. And guys, if you're out there and you have fat kids, you are abusing your children. I know we live in this body positivity culture, but this is a topic I'm very excited about and that I get emotional about because these things live with them forever. So, so keep that in mind. So I came from that internal mental framework to like now I'm the guy. Well, yeah, I've forgiven myself for allowing myself to get to that point, but was it really my fault or does it even matter? Or is that a part of who I am? And I can incorporate that into my identity and take those experiences and use that to help other people that might be at, the, at a very, very uh, initial or starting step in their journey. Right. Yes. I mean, you've been helping me, my friend. So it's, it, it just comes full circle and you're able to, to get out there. I love those stories. That's, uh, that's super powerful. Feed the fat kid. That's, that's beautiful. Like I got a little touched up there. Cause I'm like, I thought about my own, um, my own, I would say needy, needy kid in me. Uh, there's because I was adopted, uh, I, I have like a lot of trauma abandonment wounds. So I tend to latch on to people really, really intensely. And so that part of me still lives in, even though I'm working really hard to separate from it. Um, but it's not about separating from it. It's about integrating it and saying, yo, I love you, brother. Like, I got you. You don't have to feel this way anymore. So I'm working on that right now as well with uh, with dating. Like, I, I definitely, I, I got sober in 2022. So I took the last basically seven years of just focusing, going in monk mode, like hard monk mode, um, getting rid of all this stuff, going to tons of recovery meetings. And so girls were just like at the bottom of my, my thought process. And now that I'm getting out there, it's been a little over a year since I started my like, uh, I guess a dating journey. Uh, I've had a lot of success and part of me gets angry with myself because I, I'm making very, very basic mistakes. I'd say very, very obvious mistakes. Um, and, and often they ruin the relationship with the person I'm, I'm wanting to connect with. And in hindsight, I'm like, Oh, like this is, makes perfect sense. This is obvious, right? So what I have to go through right now is learning to forgive the part of me that never went out there, never had the courage to talk to girls because like we talked about earlier, I wanted to covertly sneak into the, into the bedroom, but that never works. So now that I'm doing it overtly, I have to have peace for, for myself and acceptance that this is where I am on my journey. And then a, a year or two years from now, down the line, I'm going to look back and just be like, holy shit, um, things have been so much different. So for me, my feeding that inner, I guess, beta is having a day where I just like watch Marvel or Star Wars, uh, kind of nerding out, right? Where I don't have to be cool or like be attractive to girls. And I can just kind of have that like peace. And then I go back out the next day or the next couple of days and I get to turn that part on of me that does like love women and this is like excited to date and stuff. So I, I like that it's, it's balancing the two. And sometimes I forget that. So I really appreciate the reminder that you got to nurture those parts that are, that are hurting. And here's a good activity for that. And I actually got this off of, I don't remember one of those woo woo channels. I think it was Teal Swan, which you guys will probably laugh nice. at me, but I, I go, I get 
I don't care whose mouth it comes out of. I'm looking for specific information and I will get what I need to solve whatever problem I've sought out to solve. So that yeah. is, as a disclaimer there, she's super woo woo, but she has some good stuff. And this, this one of these activities. Yeah. I got one of these activities. Seriously. Yeah. So I got one of these activities from her. Um, you should ideally get like in a deeper meditative state and uh, identify a moment where whatever's afflicting you, where you can put yourself back in that moment. So for me, the nice guy syndrome largely stemmed from my parents splitting when I was a really young kid. Uh, my, my job, uh, and th they didn't communicate this to me. My job, I felt, was to be the peacekeeper of the family, that I have to keep this family intact and integrated. And, that, and I unfairly put the weight of the world upon my shoulders as a very young kid. And I remember there were nights where I would be laying in bed by myself as a very young kid and not, not needing my parents to give me guidance, but just needing them to give a shit, just laying there like, okay, I, I'm, I'm doing this all myself. Like, just, just show me you care. And I learned from, from a very young age that they didn't. And I learned to accept that. And that became a part of my identity that Jaron, no one cares about you. Um, that can be uplifting, but it can be tragic too. Like, okay, no one cares about you. The world, you have the world at your fingertips. You can do whatever you want. But also when shit hits the fan, you're on your own. You have to learn how to trust yourself. So mm -hmm. I took myself back into one of those moments when my parents had recently physically split. Um, they lived in different states. So I was at my dad's house and it was really rainy and stormy one night. I think there were tornado warnings and it was super loud. And I think my dad was drinking and he was fighting with my grandma or something like that. Just a really chaotic environment. And I was laying there like, you know, feeling that anxiety, that weight of the world on my shoulders. So, so I, boom, I put myself back into that moment in my physical adult body in the deep meditative state and was able to feel it. So a lot of guys, when you have that anxiety, you have that depression, these are emotions that you've, you've shoved down in there that you've repressed and you have to bring them to the surface. You have to live them out. You have to let them flow through you. And in this case of this situation, it's something weird. I did mentally where my, my adult self, my more mature put together integrated adult self stepped into that situation and gave my child self exactly what I needed that I never got at that point. So adult Jaron came, I was feeling physically in my body, kid Jaron, who was, oh my God, wait, wait on my shoulders. Like, I just need someone to step in and say they give a fuck and you got this and it's okay. Well, my adult higher conscious version of me stepped in and did that. And then it reframed that memory. I still have it. I'm telling you right now, but, and, I, and I'm, I'm feeling good just saying the story. Um, it reframed that memory and then I locked it back down th in there as far as I was never alone. I always had myself. I always had mm -hmm. my higher self guiding me. I always knew everything was going to be okay. Okay, lock that back away in place of what I had before and then just go about your day-to-day -day life and see what happens. And guess what? You have more than one memory like that. You've got a bunch of them like that. Yeah. Oh, man, I got goosebumps, man. Like seriously, like oh, that felt so good. It's a cool activity. Yeah, I I, I don't know where I got it on Teal Swan's channel and I, I do that all the time and even now when weird emotions come up, I'm like, oh, damn it, Jaron, I, I thought we took care of this. And then you realize, well, all right, let's, let's dive on into the subconscious yep. <laughs> and see where this comes from and then let it live out in real time, healthful, uh, channel the emotion in a healthy way and then reframe or repackage that memory and then lock it back in there from a new adult, mature, higher consciousness perspective. And then it really does wonders and just kind of helping you you know those days where you just feel kind of off you're like why yeah. like diet's on check i slept really well everything's going good money money's good dating life's good i've got my bros why do i feel off well that's it's something just ding 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 i call it a check engine light that you need mm -hmm. to look into um and to bring it full circle that goes back to the nice guy thing where you need to be in congruence you need to be integrated and you need to be you need to dial into your core authenticity with yourself and if something is off people can feel that 
that's okay. You can forgive yourself, but learn how to reframe that internally too. So you don't end up hating yourself at the end of the day. Right, right. So what you described, Jaron, is it's called IFS, so internal family therapy systems. So what you just do, what you're doing for yourself is actually a form of like really advanced therapy. So first off, that's awesome. Uh, there's a book that I'm reading right now. It's called No More Mister. No, not No More Mister. Nice guy. Uh, it's called No Bad Parts, and it's by Richard C. Schwartz. And it's about exactly what Jaron just described. What you just described is you when it, when an, a comfortable emotion comes up, you dive back into the memory, and you ask it. You literally talk to it, have a conversation like, "Yo, what's going on? Like, what happened to make you?" are experiencing this right and what a lot of people find is they have this they call it an inner critical parent where it's just that voice that just bashes you uh we all have one came from it's usually if you when you once you dissect it enough it's the exact voice of your parents and <laughs> once you realize that okay that inner critical parent is just a hurt part of me i'm the parent here and i can talk to that part and calm it down make sure it's not because all it wants is to keep us safe so it, the reason it came on is because at some point in our childhood or growing up, it got threatened through a big event. Like divorce is also is a big trigger, usually um, a death, maybe like something traumatic happened. And so that part steps in to protect every other part, but it doesn't stop protecting. And then that manifests into later down the line. Guys, I know this is <laughs> this is really uh, might sound a little woo woo, but this is the stuff that I, I get super passionate about as well, because it once you do that exact exercise that Jaron was just talking about, the freedom is amazing and you see instant results. So last week, once I, I went out with a friend, we were doing uh, we were wingmaning each other and I was I've been so like, I don't know, like I felt so guilty for approaching girls. I've, I thought were just beautiful because yeah. back when I was 12 in, in middle school. I wasn't athletic. I didn't have, I was, but I just hadn't, I didn't know it yet. Um, I didn't have good fashion. So none of the girls would look at me. And I was so jealous of all the guys that got the attention from the girls. They would, and it's just like the pain was just agonizing. So what happened is that I did everything I could to, to become, to get in with the in crowd. So I got good at sports. I changed my fashion. I started a band with one of the popular kids. We ended up being becoming best friends. And I went from like, I guess I would say very like dork to jock in the matter of about a year. But what I did was I didn't, I shamed the part of me that was a nerd. I made fun of it. I said, Oh, that, remember when I was a, a nerd and no one liked me. And because of that, now that I'm older and that I have a little more compassion <laughs> and I'm not like in that douche mode where it's like, Oh, I'm, you, you don't give a shit anymore about being cool. Once you get uh, to a certain stage of maturity, that inner part is still hurting and it still feels shame. And so I had to address that in this last week. And it was really powerful. I went to the park um, where there was like no people uh, and I'm in a big city. I'm in Warsaw. So I found the secluded area. I just literally sat in the grass, like pretzel style, Indian style. And I just like sat with it and just like breathed for like, no, breathe. I, <laughs> I was breathing deeply for, gosh, maybe like half hour or something. I just let all that come up let the sadness come up because there was sadness guys it's it's not it, it's masculine to feel sadness you don't want to cry in front of your girl as we know but when you're by yourself and if you feel sadness let it come up like there's no shame in that and once i let that sadness up i, I had that experience i slept like a baby i went out the next day and i just started 
approaching just beautiful women and it was working. And I was like, dude, this is insane. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. You'll notice too, I used to tell myself that story also. So when I started getting really good at game, my, my initial goal was, okay, uh, do volume, get your, no get your notch count up as fast as possible. And you can do that. You can, I used to call it the, I used to call it the uh, always alpha all the time approach. And I took that approach and then it got to the point where, okay, I can, I can attract girls initially. I can sleep them very quickly. And it gets to the point where you come across one or two or three where you're like, oh, I really like this girl. And then she bounces on you. She flakes out. You're like, what the hell? I did all the game right. And that happened to me right. like three or four years ago now. So I, I talked to um, Paul Benjamin, Apex Mindset. He's, he's more advanced too. So I talked to, there's not a lot of advanced guys in the space. Like, yeah, they're entertaining, but there's not a lot of guys like, hey, I have a problem, but it's a good problem. I have too many options. How do, how do I filter these down? How do I, like, do I even want to be in the game? Do I want to get out of the game? What does that look like? I've been in the, so he's good at higher, kind of more advanced uh, issues. So I got to the one where I identified that, I was being always alpha all the time. And it's, it was this idealized version of myself I created that really wasn't me. So I'll get guys on my channel say all the time in the comments, like, well, Jaron's not that alpha. I'm just like, okay, well, how do you define that? I live my life exactly on my terms. And anything that I conjure up as an image in my head, I can manifest into reality within a year. So what is alpha? Men, men create. We are made in the image of the creator. Like, I'm doing exactly that. That's my definition. But your definition, if it's, oh, I'm going to get in a bar fight or I'm going to, I'm going to amog all the guys in the room. Like to me, you're not alpha. You're actually a loser. You're actually very, very bottom of the barrel in terms of a man. In fact, I don't even see you as a man. If you're an adult and you're walking around beating your chest, that, that is ridiculous for people like me. So depends on your definition. But I had conjured up being newer to these types of spaces, this image in my head that I have to be this uh, always alpha all the time, put out this ma macho bravado, beat my chest and a mod guys. And turns out that yes, that does get you laid, but the women usually have buyer's remorse. So that's where you'll get the me too things. That's where you get the accusations. That's where she'll sleep with you and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did this. This guy's such an asshole. He's, Oh, he's such a POS. Oh, I can't believe that. And then me is like the nice guy, the core of the nerdy guys like, Hey, I actually like this girl. Why is this thing not moving forward? So one of the biggest game revelations for me was, and it was very, very scary at the time that I, being a nerd too and being the former fat kid, is I had to bring down that veil and then show my true self to girls. And usually I do protect myself. I don't do that until we kind of start getting to know each other or I'll give her glimpses of that. But I've found that when I started doing that, when I just show them my true core, authentic, integrated self, they fall in love with me. And it's it happens very, very quickly. And these are conversations I have to have with my mentors now in terms of, Hey, I have the superpower. Not only can I bed the girl, but they fall in love with me. And I, and I feel like that's a big responsibility. I know this sounds super beta, but I don't care. I'm a human being and my, my goal is to transcend in this life. So I'm kind of at a different level there than a, a lot of other people starting in the space. And that's fine. I, I'm eight, I'm eight years into my journey now. You'll get there eventually. But for me, it's like, okay, um, this girl's in love with me. I own her emotion, emotions. I own her soul. I, she's given me her physical body, her brain, her emotions, her soul. Like she's mine. This is a lot of responsibility. I can't be yeah. out there just breaking these girls and then leaving them shattered in pieces for other guys to try to put back together because most other guys don't know how to do that. So 
that's a big responsibility. But I found that when I was able to, to drop that veil, that facade I created for myself and just let my true self out there to these women in real time, it's very powerful to the point where I've had to start bringing it back a bit because I'm like, okay, I don't want to miss, like, I don't want, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be that, that type of guy. Um, but now I'm at the point where they're just new tools. I have in my toolkit that I can pick and choose. What are the, what type of relationship do I want here? A lot of guys, I know I have female followers too. And a lot of them think this stuff is terrible, but uh, if you really think about it, um, this is a point I'm trying to get to, to where, not all girls necessarily want relationships either. There are girls that sometimes just want a good fun fling. Like this girl I've been seeing the last couple of days, she's only in town for a week. We know it's just a fun fling type thing, which is probably why her, her guy friend in the friend zone is driving himself nuts. Oh, you're, you're hanging out with that guy. Oh, you just met him. And you're, you're hooking up with him all weekend. Like that guy just doesn't get it. Like, yes, I, for me, it'd be weird if she didn't hook up with me all weekend, because I literally know in my head, if you go out here and try to find someone else, you're not going to find someone at my level. And this girl, um, guys, your girls will give you really good feedback too. Once you learn how to drop that veil and actually have a real human conversation with them, they will give you powerful feedback, which will really drive your game forward and just all areas in life uh, to, for that matter. And uh, this girl said something like, hey, uh, I'm just, I just got out of a long-term relationship. Uh, she works in the medical field, so she didn't have any time off for a while. And she said, hey, I came down here. I saw you. I don't know why. I just had to have you. I would normally never give a guy like you the time of day. You presented yourself as this pretty boy, kind of playboy type guy. She's like, I don't know why. I just had to have you. Uh, we hooked up really, really quick uh, within minutes of her coming over. And then she told me that, hey, I kind of had some regret, but she spent the night that first night. So I started doing this with girls too. You hear a lot of guys say, Oh, you got to pump and dump them. I let my girls stay the night because it builds that comfort. So they don't get that buyer's remorse. So they can see that, okay, yeah, I was really, really attracted to this guy, but also he's a good guy. He's a guy I'd like to keep around. So in the morning we got up, watched the sunrise. I'm a sucker for sunsets and sunrises. This girl is too. She's from California. So when you live in California, you realize they're majestic. It just becomes a part of who you are. So uh, we had a coffee, watched the sunrise and had a really good conversation, started getting into like, Hey, you know what? I was actually in that situation where you're at before, where you're in a transitional period. You're trying to figure yourself out. Do you want to go out in the world? Do you want to leave everything behind? You know, you're just out of a long-term relationship. You have to find your, your new identity Do you even know what that looks like. It's been you and you and he for the last eight years. So we had really good conversation. And then after the fact, she told me, she's like, wow, you know, I really thought I'd never see you again. But after having like actual conversations, she's like, I really like you as a person. She's like, I still think you're hot and you drive me wild. She's like, but I like you as a person. So there's a reason she's been hitting me back up and coming over. And uh, don't be afraid to get into that. Now, if you're if you if you start from that aspect, like, hey, let me solve all your problems. And then maybe we'll it'll lead to physical intimacy. I think that's where a lot of nice guys get it wrong. So and I even told mm -hmm. this girl this. And I put myself out there as this person. There's a reason my Tinder profile is all shirtless, six pack pics and me, me in situations where I'm dominating socially, because you have to have that initial physical uh, yeah. attraction to that spark. They call it app Tinder, for example. So guys, pay attention to language. It the answers to your universe are literally in front of your fucking eyes. So they call it Tinder. There's a spark. And then you have to get that spark to, to Tinder to blossom into something else. And then you have this nice big uh, re reaction or this, this, this explosive type energy. So um, so that's the way I look at it. And this, this girl told me that, Hey, like, yeah, like, you, you got me with the physical attractiveness. Like you blew my mind in bed, but then I, when I got to know you, I really, really liked you. Whereas mm -hmm. the guy in the screenshots, like, Oh, you're going to that douchebags house. He approached it the other way, inverse operation. So you can still do that. You can still be nice. You can still be authentic. You can let down the veil and show yourself to girls, but make sure that you do it at the right time. And that just takes some calibration okay. experience. 
definitely, I love that story, Jared. And I love that message you just said that, yeah, you, it's okay to be authentic and be yourself. Let the veil down, let the alpha go. Uh, I am not quite calibrated there yet. What I do is I start out alpha and then I let myself go and then they, you know, become more attracted, but then I bring the alpha back because I get afraid. I'm like, oh, I've shown them too much of me. Now I have to be macho again. And they're just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> He was just this like fun guy to hang out with. And all of a sudden he's, he's Mr. Hart again. And that's my struggle. So I, I have to work on just like, once I let the veil down, just be okay with it being down and just being myself. So I think I love that message, man. Think of it too. Remember the old cartoons where I, I can't name one off the top of my head, but like eighties, nineties cartoons, or even probably newer ones still do this where you have the superhero, you have the protagonist, like, okay, now we have to go out and fight this bad guy. So they step into a new, a new uniform and zip it up. And now they have these powers and then they take, they step out of the uniform and they're, they're themselves. Like Clark, Clark Kent's mm -hmm. a good one too. Although he yeah. only has one uniform he steps into. And then he's, he's just kind of your average guy. Um, just kind of blending into the background and then boom, when time calls steps into another uniform, mm -hmm. I've noticed yeah. that with myself or my personality that I, I let my girls see me step in and out of different roles. So at the house, we oh, could be laying God. on the couch and vegging out and like, you know, have little tickle fights and kind of flirting back and forth. Or if she gets up, like I'll chase her around the house, like really cutesy stuff. Um, I call it uh, letting the inner children come in out, come out to play. Guess what? Girls love that shit. So, uh, so, so I'll let our inner children play. And then someone knocks at the door and it's something serious. Like, Hey, you know, we need to come down and talk about this. I immediately in real time, boom, like step into that role. Like, all right, I'm gonna get the shit head. Like, Hey, I'm going to go take care of this real quick. You know, wait, wait for me here. I'll be back in five minutes. Come up, get it handled. Hey, what was that? Oh, nothing you need to worry about. And then boom, go right back into the inner child play. Um, to be able to do that, I think requires, a, 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 I don't want to say higher, but, but a different degree of self-mastery to where I think that's a very powerful, attractive uh, indicator for women also. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's uh hundred percent, man. And, you know, we're, we'll do another podcast on this eventually about being more authentic within dating because we could talk about this for hours. And this is really important. This is what we kind of are wanting to bring in with men. And now is to say that, yeah, you don't have to be an alpha chat all the time. You can be you can be a fun human being human being right i think that's the most yeah. important part i'm gonna have to step into the alpha chad role here here in a couple hours for this this <laughs> pool party go, go to the gym get mentally prepared get fired up because that is that is the perspective or persona people or perception people have of me and it works mm -hmm. because i'm able to get in front of their faces that that's the opener and then as they get to know me they get to see the the other layers of my personality whereas i'm i'm really just kind of more chill i'm an introvert i i spend most of my time at home writing researching working with you guys playing guitar doing music stuff um you, you know i'm not i'm not the woo 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 the, the woo woo guy mm -hmm. but when i go out in public especially in these large social events that i get invited to all the time that is the persona i put out there or that is the perception people have of me whether it's true or not so i step into that role to be able to bring them in very cool very cool. So this is perfect. You got your chill, chill, uh, spiritual stuff in right now. Got to talk about your inner children. And now we're going to do the opposite. So guys, we have about 10 more minutes left. We're going to keep this one kind of medium today. Uh, not going to go hour and a half, but we're, we're going to go a little past an hour. Uh, there's one more point we're going to talk on, which uh, is going to, I think is very important. And we'll, we'll do it brief so we can, we can wrap up here again. Appreciate anyone who's come on today. Like appreciate your support in the comments and just like chiming in. That's awesome. Uh, I think we have four channels right now streaming to this channel. So I think in the actual like view, there's going to be four different channels saying the exact same thing. Feed the fat kid, feed the fat kid, feed the cat kid from men and now husband. Um, anyway, that's a, 
as a little side note there. So the last part about how to, how you can stop being the nice guy is connect with men who aren't nice guys anymore. And why this is, is because you become like the people you surround yourself with. If you've ever heard that saying a little more woo woo, but it's really true. When you hang out with people that uh, smoke weed and play video games all day, well, naturally you're just going to be like, well, I want to fit in. We're human beings. We want to fit in. I might as well smoke weed and play video games or else this is going to be pretty boring to hang out with them all the time. Same with guys that are on a higher level. You're like, well, fuck, I don't want to be left behind. So I'm going to level up. And now not all guys that are past the nice guy stage are going to want to hang out with other guys who are in that stage. Um, it's just like we, we've gotten through it. It's like, okay, I, I kind of want to hang out with people that I resonate with more now. But what you can do is find YouTube channels. I found Rich Cooper. He was my not nice guy. <laughs> he was my not nice guy and taught me a lot about how to be more masculine. And I never had to have a single word with him. He didn't know I existed until I met Jaron. So Jaron was one of those guys too. He was a guy that I found that had was further along in his journey. And I really resonated and vibed with, with what you said, what you talked about. I liked your energy. I knew you weren't just like all about, you know, being alpha. So that's what really drew me to, to you, to your content. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to spend some time with this guy and see how, you know, just see what happens. And I've learned so much. So Jaron, what, what can you relate with on connecting with guys who are maybe further along than you in your journey? Yeah, definitely do that. That's one thing that if I could go back in time, I would have made that more of a priority in my life. Uh, I came out of college, got really focused on rising through the ranks in the corporate world, uh, realized that kind of when the COVID thing happened, doesn't really matter. Uh, at the end of the day, you don't really have anyone that has your back. Got really good at the dating stuff, the physique type stuff, and then realized that, okay, it's still me, myself, and I at the end of the day. And I, I think it maybe comes back to growing up in the environment I did. I grew up in the 1990s in the U.S. on the West Coast. So it's still like it's not as bad as it is now, but it's still, it was still pretty liberal back then to where you were. They're already starting to sprinkle in these ideologies from a young age that men really don't have much value. Um, all of your female educators that you have to trust women that you have to put get more into a feminine type frame that if you want to get ahead in life. But I realized, uh, yeah, about the COVID times, like, you know what, like I have acquaintances, I have colleagues, but really if I cut out, um, I got really into fitness about that time too. I, I've always been into fitness, but I was competing and uh, doing like uh, photo shoots around that time. And, uh, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, well these colleagues, cause I stopped drinking, I stopped going out, I stopped partying. And I realized, well, these are just kind of bar buddies. They're not really my friends. So I had to figure out how to make that happen. And it, it and it's hard. Like it's actually harder as a guy to meet other solid dudes than it is to go and open a girl on the street and then bang her in that same day. It's, it's 10 times harder. So, uh, figured out, Okay, I need to get guy friends. I need to have a tribe. I need to have a group of guys that are like-minded. We're, we're, we're all vastly different. So again, that yeah. alpha beta term, I don't really like that. But uh, it comes down to, okay, are you living your life uh, in accordance to your true and higher self? That's kind of how I define alpha. Or I always mm -hmm. joke along to guys that get laid versus guys who don't. And not even get laid, guys who F versus guys who don't. And there's an energy versus like, you, you, you can be an F boy where like girls think you're hot or whatever. But if you're the guy that like, buxom uh you know that's a different energy so that's how i view guys uh not the alpha beta thing but um but it came down to the point like okay well I, i'm making this a priority in my life to really just become a better person in general i kind of want a a, a a group of guys in my ring in my corner 
that embody that same general mission, however that looks to them. It's different for everyone. And uh, I realized, well, the internet is a powerful place to do that. So I had followed a bunch of content creators at the time, uh, got into Rich Cooper's top 1% group. I didn't really do much in that group for the first year, year and a half or so, because I felt like I couldn't add any value. It's like, oh, these guys are so uh, negative self-talk. These guys are so much more advanced than me. They're they're so much they're so much better than me. Uh, do I really even belong here? And then guys would start asking questions or really basic things for me uh, in terms of, hey, I'm 50 pounds overweight. Well, what do I do this diet or that diet? It's like, oh, there's a lot more nuance than just that. You're like you're on the right track, but you're not asking the right questions. There's some more depth that needs to be uh, unveiled for you. Or uh, the dating type questions, really basic type questions that, okay, well, so I started I started uh, adding value in terms of doing really comprehensive breakdowns to these questions that some of like the top guys in that 1% group were asking. And very quickly, within almost within months, got to the point where I was one of the top contributors. And then Rich brought me on to his Unplugged Alpha show. I still go on there. I was on there yesterday uh, whenever he, he does car rallies and whatnot. But uh Whenever he has a free Saturday morning, I'm invited on there, and I'm just a recurring member on on that panel. So uh, through that group, I've met all sorts of guys that have helped me out with things like, hey, I need to find a full-time job, but I have this channel, and I'm worried I might may have been blacklisted for my industry. How do I go about that? Okay, what does your job search uh, funnel look like? Okay, well, let's do this. In the 15-minute interview, let's lead with that. I live in Mexico. If that's a problem with accounting, let me know now so we don't waste each other's time. And I have this YouTube channel. A lot of the stuff people mm -hmm. might find controversial, but if you really dive into the content, it's not. It's kind of like no duh, no shit type stuff. So mm -hmm. if you're the type of com company that does not do well with honesty and people being direct and being to the point and not worrying about ruffling some feathers just to make sure the truth gets out there, then I don't think it's a cultural fit. So we, mm -hmm. once we once we change that, that was a three-hour conversation I had with a guy in the top 1% group. Once I changed that up boom started getting offers and so you you have these types of conversations that same guy um because reciprocity is huge he asked me like hey the hormone thing the trt thing i think i might be off i'm training right i'm sleeping right the diet's locked in i was a former fat kid maybe that has something to do with my hormones not being there where do i get started on that so i walked him through that process and so you start creating these deeper relationships and again that core unifying factor of we are just trying to be the best versions of ourselves we can through that relationship with rich uh, he decided to launch the top 10% group, which is kind of an entry level to the top 1%. Top 1% at time of publishing this, it's something like $4,000 a year, which is you know, that's a pretty hefty price point for guys that are just starting out. Top top 10% is $1,000 one-time fee, and then we do the same stuff. So I've had guys come in, hey, bro, I'm 100 pounds overweight, smoke two packs of cigarettes a day and drink 12 beers just to go to bed. It's like, you know what? I've been there before. I know exactly how to stop doing that. And and you may see these guys on the street now and be like, oh, that guy's not much, but he's 60 pounds down. He's not drinking anymore. He's not smoking cigarettes anymore. He, he is well into his journey and he doesn't even realize he's just getting started. He's in the negative. He's just getting back to zero. Once you get to zero is where the fun starts. Now you get to craft yourself into the human and the man you were meant to be. So uh, we did. So I, uh, that opportunity came up in the top 10% group. I've met, I've made a ton of friends in the top 10% group. Joel, I know, I know you're in there and really now all of my guy friends, they're guys that are trying to level up and it doesn't matter what level they're at. There's guys that are way ahead of me in certain verticals of their life. And that very same guy can't even get his wife to touch him at home, but he's a, he's a king of his industry in his respective industry. So there's guys at different, all different areas and different levels of their lives, but it really comes down to that, just that core desire. It's like, I just want to be the best version of myself I can. And I found that 
uh, it's sad to say uh, we live in a digital world now and the internet is a fantastic facilitator for that. And then in regards, guys, if you're watching, don't know where to get started, um, hit me up Instagram at men shrine and we can talk about getting you, getting you into the group or I can point you uh, in any other directions, but don't underestimate the power of creating male relationships because now I have a Rolodex of guys that I can call pretty much with anything I need. And not, not only for me, again, going back to that uh, nice niceness versus um, altruism comment from earlier in the stream, but someone hits me up, Hey man, I'm having trouble with this. I really need it. And I'll say, I I'm not probably the best person to guide you on that because I've never done that before. I've never had that issue in my life, but I know a guy who is that, that is his, that is his bread and butter. That is his areas of expertise. I will put you in touch with them. So within my network, I'm solidifying those connections, even if it's not a direct connection back to me per se. And uh, don't underestimate that because now the world's just a little, a little easier. Like it's a, it's a rough world out there. Things, it's just a little easier to manage when you have people that are in your corner and rooting you on and that can open doors for you and uh, point out your blind spots. So you don't go down a rocky road. It really, really takes things to the next level. So don't overlook that. Absolutely. And it'll take the pressure off you too. Like there'll be, th there's so many things I've done that weren't the wisest choice. And as soon as I run it by somebody, they help me see, wow, there's like, a way to do it that's way better, way effective. And I make that adjustment and it and it makes that huge difference. Vice versa too, like you said, you get to actually add start adding value to others too. And that feels really good. Um, it's kind of like you become in reciprocity with the universe. It's like, okay, you know, universe, you're connecting me with all these people that are helping me out. Um, in turn, I'm going to do the same. And then it just kind of keeps feeding on itself. So I like what you said too, that like, you know, some things you're not going to be able to help people with. I'm not going to be able to help people on how to bang Latinas in Mexico City. I can't help you learn how to quit weed. I can't. So <laughs> and Jaron can, right? So come, come to me asking for that. But yet, if someone came to Jaron saying, hey, I'm trying to, um, well, actually, you do have some good wisdom on, on getting clean from stuff. But um, if someone is really in the shit of it, you might say, hey, go over to Joel. He'll help you out. So it becomes just this amazing network of, mm -hmm. of, of people. And, and you just, you, it's so exciting to watch people that are, maybe at the beginning stages, start to reach those next levels. Like right before I came here to Warsaw, I did like some free dating coaching for a couple of guys I was playing hoops with. And they were good looking guys too, but they had no idea how to text. They were like over texting, smiley faces all the time. Yeah. And I just like, we tweaked a few things. It took like an hour and the guy had like three dates with the girl. And I'm just like, it just felt so good to know that like the mistakes I made, he doesn't have to make anymore. So it definitely... It's just a beautiful process. Any more thoughts on that, Jaron? No, I think you uh, succinctly summed it all up. Cool. cool. Awesome, guys. Yeah, so again, thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate you watching, commenting, subscribing. Jaron, thanks for coming on, as always. Thanks for having official me. Official men of now, yeah. Uh, yes, can... <laughs> did it. Part of the network, the, the bro work. <laughs> See, bro, uh, do you know, look at that. Additional comment, this is completely off the cuff, but... <laughs> I was with this California girl the other day. And um, so, you know, Californians talk a certain way, like, oh, bro, dude, like, I'm not that bad. But uh, <laughs> we were talking, we were talking about something. And then I, I had to go to the, I had to go get something downstairs because I couldn't bring it up to me, like a package or something. And I was coming up in the elevator. The, the, the word came into my head, uh, bromos, like bromosexual, like, like guys that are so <laughs> broy, you can't tell if like there's maybe something more there. Oh, you know what it was? Um, I'm, I'm learning a George Michael song right now. So we watched the Wham! documentary. I'm like, oh, like those guys were total bromos. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we're such so, bromos. New, new word. Yeah. Add that to the, yeah. uh, to the urban dictionary there. 
completely oh, unrelated to anything, but yeah, it just gave me a laugh. And it just popped it in kind my of head. Is. Like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> if someone tunes into this live stream right as you said that and they saw the Barbie theme, they'd be oh like, god, yeah, you know what? That brings it all home. <laughs> that does it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, like Jane right, and Joel, a couple bromas. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're so yeah, yeah. Bromos for life. Seek romance. One of my favorite songs from Avicii. Anyway, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna part ways here. Um, Jan, where can people find you? If they want to connect. Yeah, go to go to Instagram at Men Shrine. Um, I'm separating my the guys that follow me for a while. I'm separating my personal brand uh, from my actual brand brand or my personal accounts from my actual brand. So menshrine.com you'll get uh i'm going on a bunch of new channels i'm collaborating with a bunch of new people there'll be a lot more content coming out so uh sign up there you'll be getting stuff daily um and it'll be more these types of topics whether that whereas on my personal stuff you know you get like me and my family and guitar stuff so i'm gonna keep my i'm gonna keep me separate from online me um so go to menshrine.com i do do one-on-one coaching i have a bunch of new premium products that are being developed Check out menshrine.com. I've got new features and functionality being built into that site. And uh, top 10% group, if, you, if you're looking for a network of like-minded men looking to level up in all areas of love and life by building lives worth living and loving, well, that's where you want to go. Reach out to me at menshrine on Instagram, and that's where you can get in touch with me directly. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Uh, for me, you guys can connect with me at my Instagram, uh, IG Jolie Henry. I'm starting to work on creating a better Instagram and it's actually making a huge difference. Um, starting to get women reach out to me in the DMS, reach out to me. And it's just like, Whoa, like Jaron was right. <laughs> if you make a cool Instagram stuff works. So being humbled again, uh, also sobriety university on YouTube. I talk about quitting addictions to marijuana, drugs, alcohol, uh, porn, which is a big one, even certain foods. Uh, Jaron and I both had a, a love for food. I'll just say that. So, yeah. um, still have it but there's ways to manage it so you guys can connect with me there and then lastly uh men of now so huds was not able to join us today um but as you know if you see the channel he's on quite regularly um amazing guy uh to connect with as well you can reach out to him on his youtube channel uh the hudsman or on his instagram the hudsman and uh yeah we're going to continue to make content we're bringing on experts in the industry um awesome guys create awesome bromances and uh, <laughs> we're gonna take this to the moon baby so, so uh, come back next time we're gonna have a nice show i think on fashion and how to level up your fashion as a man so stay tuned for Ooh, that awesome yep also i always forget that's my channel like subscribe share yeah. ring the notification bell enable yes. all notifications yes. for your channel leave comments get involved in the chat pass this on to your friends that's how we that's how we grow this thing i always Absolutely. forget to say that on my channel so yeah I'm right. sure we didn't miss it. <laughs> cool cool Thanks, man. Yeah. And guys, yep. Jaron, tons of videos coming on his channel. So stay tuned. And other than that, guys, have a great one. Talk to you soon. Peace. Yep. Cheers.